This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Well, I think we had a pretty good time this morning together. Who had fun this morning at church? I I liked it. I mean, I thought I went. You know what, Dave? Thank you. I'll give you that five dollars later. All right. Okay. Um, well, we're gonna tonight. We're gonna be talking um, about the lies that Satan tries to feed to you, and the title is "Don't Believe the Lies," because Satan, as you know, is a liar. It's who he is. It's what he does, and he will feed lies to your mind all day long, from sunrise to sunset. Now, the problem is is a lot of people, they'll actually sit there and listen to it. How many of you, if you had some annoying little pest right beside you all day long, you know, you woke up and he was there, you went to work and he was there, you were eating dinner and he was there, and he just kept saying stupid stuff in your ear all day long. How many of you would just sit there and listen to it? I mean, after a while, you'd do something. You're like, get out of here. you try to kick him out. You would do something. You would rebuke him. You would forbid him from doing it. Well, the truth of the matter is this is that there are a lot of Christians that they sit there and listen to the lies of the devil all day long. They're living with depression. They're living with fear. They're living with with regrets. They're living with guilt. They're living with all sorts of things that God does not want them to be dealing with. But the problem is they do believe the lies. And they listen so frequently. They listen so much that they don't even realize it's the devil anymore. They, I mean, they, they're just accepting it. And you need to realize the truth. And you need to realize who you are in Christ. And uh, I recommend this little book out of the bookstore here. One of these little mini books. It's called In Him. And it's full of promises from God's Word that tell you who you are in Christ. Who you are in Him. The devil says you're this. Well, God says in me, you're this. And so I recommend this little book. It's like a buck or two, but but that's back there. And I just want to throw that out there that that has really helped me. And I believe that book could really help you. And so you need tonight to get a hold of this truth. Stop believing the lies that the enemy is telling to you. And so we're going to look at a few things here that I want you to see. The first thing we're going to say tonight is this. Number one is that Satan has been a liar since the beginning. That's not new. It's not some new thing. He's trying. Well, you know, I tried just being brutally honest for so long. I think I'll do lies now. No, he has been telling lies since the beginning of time. And so let's go way back to the very beginning of our Bibles, to the book of Genesis, chapter three, Genesis three. Amen. Who's excited to be at church tonight? I'm excited to be at church. Genesis, chapter three. And we're going to look at a few things here, but. But I believe that you could be set free tonight from some things that are that are uh, holding you in bondage. You know, uh, the word says, in fact, even Peter wrote it, that that you are a slave to whatever controls you. Now, there are people controlled by a whole lot of different things, maybe fear or some sort of a lust or some greed, uh, some sort of anger, whatever the case is. But I know this much. I found out a long time ago. I don't want anything controlling me. I don't want anybody controlling me except for jesus christ because anything else that controls you has the wrong motives for wanting to control you but jesus he has pure motives and the thing is is that he will not force himself upon you to control you you have to willingly give him 
the steering wheel. You've got to willingly let him be in the driver's seat before he'll do it. But Genesis chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And that's why to this day I don't trust a snake. Don't trust them. There is something about them. I don't trust a snake. Uh, in fact, I, I've been known to not only hit them once, but run over them several times. Time and time. I mean, there's some, I've hit some snakes on Highway 58 out there about 15, 20 times within a matter of a minute. Anyway, you can ask my kids about that later. So the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Well, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Wow, there's a lot wrapped up into these few verses right here. Up until this point in time, there was no death. God, that wasn't God's intention. He didn't want to just create people so they'd have to die someday. His intention was for them to live in peace and harmony with him and, and, and obedience to him and, 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 to, and for Adam to live in this garden here. But up until this point in time, there was death. God made a law. And what you have to realize, we talked about this slightly on Wednesday, is there are spiritual laws that have been set into motion. Don't confuse that with the Old Testament law of Moses, okay? You know, we don't live under the law of Moses anymore. We are under the New Covenant, thank God. But there are spiritual laws. You will reap what you sow. That's a spiritual law. That never that never went away. You know, and there, there's just different spiritual laws. If you sow uh, to the flesh, according to Galatians 5, you'll reap corruption from the flesh. There are just different spiritual laws that they didn't stop existing. They will always be in place. And this is a spiritual law that God gave to them. He said, listen, you're free to do anything you want in this garden. You have one rule. Just don't eat from this tree right here. If you do, you will bring death into the earth. You'll bring death upon the human race. But notice right here that Satan comes up to her and he starts right off with lies. He, he brings a lie to her right out of verse 2 here. And actually, uh, here in verse 1, did God really say you must not eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And so Satan will come in and he will try to, uh, try to, try to mix one of his lies in with just enough truth, with just where it almost sounds like the truth, but he will make God look like some big, bad, mean, unfair bully that just doesn't want you to have any fun or pleasure at all. And he says, isn't this ridiculous? God came and he told you you can't eat fruit from any of these trees. And right away she's like, no, that's not what he said. He just said we can't eat fruit from this tree. Of course we can eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But then notice he starts mocking God and making God sound ridiculous and overbearing and, 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 and tries to bring some resentment into her. And he says, you're not going to die, verse 4. You're not. That's ridiculous. Die? You believe that? And that's the same stuff that he's doing up right now in 2018. He does not have any new tricks. Just repeating and recycling the same mess that he's been doing for thousands and thousands of years. Now, he has more avenues to do it to you with now. He's got technology and all this different stuff. But listen, he's doing the same thing to this day. Some of the things that we tell people. Yeah, well, 
I don't do that because I'm a Christian and the word says this. <laughs> really? Wow. You realize what year it is, right? I mean, come on. You, everyone else is doing this and you really think that if you just do it this one time that something's going to happen to you. Oh yeah, I do. And now it may not happen instantly. They didn't die instantly. Adam went on to live like 900 years, okay? He was super old. But listen, that wasn't even God's plan. God's plan was for him to live and live and live. And so the problem is, is we listen to Satan's lies and sometimes we cross that line and it's like, wait, you're right, nothing happened. Because he's an expert at giving a false sense of security, a false sense of peace to where you'll just, you know what? It, I, it didn't happen then. Maybe I'll just go out a little bit farther. And you start believing the lies. You go out farther and farther. Then eventually you're so far away from Jesus. All right, now's the time. Now I'm going to pick him off because now he's let go of Jesus altogether. And that's what the enemy tries to do and what he does successfully do to a whole lot of people. And so here he is mocking God, you're not going to die. Oh, you're going to believe that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And there are a lot of Christians that have bought in to the world's lies and have wandered away from God. And it's my firm belief that Satan's ultimate goal is not to just kill the Christian. His ultimate goal is to get you to let go of Jesus. And then he'd like to kill you. Because, I mean, if he kills some on fire, born again, you know, and he doesn't have the power to just straight up kill you, okay? But he does have wiles and tricks and avenues of which to get you. But listen, I don't think his ultimate goal is to come with someone that's on fire, born again, attending church three times a week. Let's kill that guy out right now. You're just going to go straight to heaven and, and you're going to, you're going to be praising God the whole way there. That's how it is. But if he can get somebody to, to sever their ties, to, to get frustrated, to believe lies and walk away from Jesus. Now, he, we've got a traitor on our hands. And the devil, the enemy, the, any enemy, any enemy army, any foreign army, they would love to get one of ours to betray and turn their back and, and, be, and become a traitor to their to who they've sworn allegiance to, right? There's, I mean, any enemy gets great victory out of that. And Satan, if he can get you... To, to renege, if he can get you to become a traitor, if he can get you to walk away from Jesus, what an embarrassment to any father. And that's what he's trying to do to you. And so that's the main purpose of his lies. Let's look at Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. But the title is, Don't Believe the Lies. Do not believe the lies. And Satan has been a liar since the beginning. And he will use any means necessary to separate you from Jesus. Luke 22. And this is verse 31. And, and these are some interesting verses of Jesus speaking to Simon Peter. And I believe this applies to a lot of us. And, and actually, I would say it applies to everybody at some point or another. Luke 22, verses 31 through 32. I'm in the New King James here. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. 
But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And so Jesus says, Peter, Satan has asked for you. Satan is after you, man. He's trying to sift you as wheat. Well, sift, what does that mean? To sift something, the literal meaning is to separate from that which is useful. And I remember I've worked in restaurants and stuff, and sometimes you sift the flour, you separate all the, all, you know, all the excess stuff so you can get back down to it. And so when you sift something, you shake it up to separate from that which is useful. You get the, you get it away from each other. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to shake you so violently with lies and deception and tricks that eventually it separates you from that which is useful. And then Jesus said, Peter, he's shaking you to pieces right now. He's trying to separate you. He's trying to get you to let go of me. But I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will fail not. And I can relate to that. I believe there's times that I have been sifted. Has anybody in here, you, you have been through the sifting process where Satan tried his best, but thank God his best was not enough to get you to let go of Jesus. And we know that Jesus wasn't going to let go of you anyway. He's never going to let go of you. But Satan will try to get you to let go. And, and the Greek word devil is, is this word diabolos. And one thing that means is to sever, to sever. And, and, and Diabolos, the devil, that's, that's his character. He tries to hit and hit. I mean, we used to chop wood back in Indiana. We had a fireplace. That's how we heated our house in the winter, some years. And I mean, you would just chip away, you know, hit after hit. It would take a while. And sometimes some of these big logs, it would take a minute, but blow after blow after blow, hit after hit. And after a while, it would eventually split apart. And that's what the devil does to us. He tries to sever you and split you apart from Jesus. But it's not just one big, you know, if you're on, you don't go from being on fire for God. I mean, just gung ho. You're a disciple. You're right at Jesus feet every day. To all of a sudden, you know what? I'm done. I'm out of here. Boom. And you just quit. No, it's you believe lie after little lie after little lie after little lie hit after hit. After hit, then eventually you're just hanging on by a strand and it worked. His plan worked. He got you to let go of Jesus. Now some would say, I would never, and I did. You did. And it worked. And now you're out doing your own thing. And you believed the lies of the devil. Now, the good news is, is that it's never too late. Jesus will take you back. Hallelujah. But Satan, he's been doing this since the very beginning he is a liar from the beginning. And the second thing about this, not believing in lies, is everything Satan says is a lie. Not one thing that he says is true. John 8, 44. Let's flip over there. John 8, 44. Now, you, if you get this revelation in your heart, you're on the right track. John chapter 8 and verse 44. Satan is a liar. He's been lying from the beginning. And literally everything he says is a lie. So John chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 44. Sometimes Jesus, I mean, thank God for the times that he was loving and kind and compassionate. But every now and then he was, he was, uh, he was borderline mean on some instances. And he had something here to say that was pretty straightforward. John 8 verse 44. 
He says, for you are the children of your father. Devil. What? You're, yeah, your children. You, he says, your father's the devil. You are sons of Satan. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he's a liar and the father of lies. Notice Jesus said right there, there is no truth in him. None. There's no, and he doesn't have it in him. He couldn't tell the truth. It's not even in him to tell the truth. He hates the truth because there's no truth in him. And I'm telling you, if you are having thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, it's a lie from Satan. If you're having health problems and, and the thought comes to you, this is it. Man, you maybe got it last time, but not this time. Lie! 1 Peter 2.24 says, By Jesus' stripes I was healed. Matthew 8.17 says, Jesus came to take my sickness and remove my disease. 3 John 2 says that He wishes above all things that I would prosper and that I would be in health. Does that sound, you know what, that's the Word of God right there. And so if Satan, if I'm getting these thoughts saying, not this time, not this time, that's a lie. Anything contrary to God's Word is a lie. If you're having money issues and Satan said, no, not this time. I know that God bailed you out. That tithing stuff, that doesn't work. I know you've, you've been given, you've been doing this, but nope, not today. It's not going to work. Lie. It is going to work. And you are not going to get me to believe your lies and quit doing what the Word of God says. I am going to stick with it. Because God will supply my needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Your kids are giving you trouble. They're, it looks like they're going to wander away. Satan comes, you're a failure as a parent. You, I mean, you, you, you are a complete failure. You blew it this time. You blew it. Lies. Proverbs 22.6 says, If you train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he shall not depart from it. And if you did that, you know, no one's perfect. We get that. But you did to the best of your ability. Train up the child in the way he should go. The Word of God says when he's old, he will not depart from it. And so when Satan comes and says that, no, he's not coming back. She's not coming back. You blew it. You put this in his face and say, no, I'm calling your bluff right now. She is coming back. He is coming back. Because I trained her up in the ways of God. Amen? And so how can you spot a lie? Anything that's contrary to the Word of God is a lie. Well, but, but this is a straight up fact. Okay, there's truth and there's fact. Facts can change. Truth never changes. And in fact, truth will change the facts. God's Word is true. God's Word is true. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. God's Word is true. The fact may be that you do have this disease coming upon you. But the truth says, Jesus came to take my sickness and remove my disease. So, yeah, it is factual that this is, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's the facts. But I'm going to go with the truth. And the truth does not change. Facts can change. There are things that they thought were facts for thousands of years. Well, it's a fact that this is how they thought the earth was flat. There, there's all sorts of things that they were accepted as fact. And then we found out the truth. You know, speaking of the earth being flat, the book of Isaiah tells us 
that the earth is round. It says that God sits upon the circle of the earth. The Bible was right the whole time, even when the brilliant minds of the of the generations said that it wasn't. So how many things do we believe right now that the brilliant minds of our age, they're so enlightened and the Bible says something different? Time and time again, all throughout history, we found out that the brilliant minds have been wrong and God's word has been true. And so I'm telling you right now, you may be facing some difficult facts. But don't buy into the facts. Don't rely on the facts. Don't let that be the final thing. Go to the truth of God's word because the truth never changes. The truth will change. Amen. And so let's compare and contrast God versus Satan, shall we? Let's do that for a minute. Uh, first of all, one thing about Satan is, is that he cannot tell the truth. He can't do it. We just, we just saw this. In uh, John 8, 44, it says there is no truth in him. He hates the truth. There's no truth in him. Satan can't tell the truth. God cannot tell a lie. It's impossible. Everyone's like, God can do anything. Well, there's actually several things he can't do. And one of them is he can't tell a lie. He can't tell a lie. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Flip over there. There's more references to this same fact, but this is one that I like. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. But God cannot lie. But think about it. The instant that he says something, it becomes truth anyway. If he wanted to lie, it would, I mean, if he just, it would become truth the instant that it came out of his mouth. He is truth. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. But look at this. Titus chapter 1, verse 2 in the New King James here. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who can not lie, promised before time began. God can not lie. It doesn't say, and God who does not lie. It's not that God doesn't lie. It's that God cannot lie. He can't do it. It's impossible for him to do it. It goes against everything that he is. And so if God said that you can do something, you can do it. If God said that you are something, you are that. If God said you can have something, you can have it. Because God can not lie. Satan hates the truth. He hates truth. Again, we just put it back on the screen, John 8, 44. We've looked at it several times already. But in the middle of this verse here, John 8, 44, it says, Satan, he has always hated the truth. Satan doesn't dislike truth. It doesn't rub him the wrong way. He hates truth. Because when somebody gets a hold of the truth of God's word, it exposes his whole thing. You, I mean, that blows him out of the water. When a Christian truly gets a hold of the truth. I'm not saying, you know, that they acknowledge it or, eh, well, I'm talking about when you embrace the truth of God's word, even if it goes against everything you've ever believed, when you get the truth, John 8, 32, and the truth sets you free, Satan hates it because game over, you've won. He despises, he hates, he abhors the truth. Because it sets people free 
that have lived their lives as slaves to Satan. And he doesn't want that. And so when a Christian, when a person, when they get a hold of the truth, Satan hates it because at his core, he is a liar. He is the father of lies. And so if Satan hates truth, then that must mean God hates lies. Proverbs chapter 6. So, I mean, God, they're opposite on everything. They're, they're opposites on everything. If Satan's a liar, then God is truth. If Satan hates lies, then God hates lies and he loves the truth. They're exact opposites. But Proverbs chapter 6, it's an interesting uh, little passage here. Uh, some people call it the seven deadly sins. But it tells us here in Proverbs chapter 6 that there are some things that God hates. So Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 and 17, it says this, There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things He detests. Wow, if there are things that God detests, then I don't want to do any of the things on this list. If there are things that God absolutely hates. And so let's, let's read through the list here. It says, haughty eyes. Do you have haughty eyes? Do you know if you have haughty eyes or not? <laughs> the second thing he says is a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent. So I believe God hates abortion. Who's more innocent than a baby that never did wrong to anybody? God hates it. I didn't put the other the rest of this on here, but let's just read the rest of it here. A heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies. And a person who sows discord in a family or among the brethren. And so these are things that God doesn't just not like. God hates these things. And at the top of the list is a tongue that tells lies. A lying tongue. And so we saw that Satan, he hates the truth. He's always hated it. John eight forty four. But God, on the other hand, he hates lies. Why? Because it's the exact opposite of who he is. He is truth. John fourteen six. And I can tell you this much. Satan does not want you to see yourself as God sees you. A lot of you, your main problem is, life, is that you see yourself the wrong way. You see ugly, but God sees beauty. You see a loser, but God sees a victorious more than a conqueror, warrior. Satan, has you seen yourself, man, nobody likes me, everyone's in there. No, that's a lie. That's not how it is. Everybody loves you that is in the kingdom of God. <laughs> the world, they hate you. If you're, if you're living for God, they'll hate you. But if you live like them, then they probably love you to pieces. Anyway, so here we are, though, and Satan wants to destroy the way that you see yourself. I mean, he wants you to see yourself as, 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 he wants you to think that God's mad at you. And I can tell you this much, God is not mad at you. No matter what you've done. Now, he may be hurt. He, you may have crushed his heart. It hurts a father when their children do wrong. 
when their children go against everything that he's taught them, when their children go the other way. And he's saying, just come back, please come back. It breaks the father's heart. And so I can tell you this much that God, he's not sitting there wanting to just blow you off the face of the earth. But listen to me, we can push God to the judgment side, but he's not sitting there wanting to do that. It says he's quick to love. He's slow to anger. He can get there. But I'm telling you right now, you sitting here thinking, well, he, whatever, he's mad at me. And but Listen, he may be hurt by you. Maybe you made him sad. Maybe you broke his heart. But he's not sitting here wanting to just pounce you down and, and bring up every wrong thing you've ever done. But Satan will feed this into your mind. And you listen to it and you sit there and eventually he's severing the relationship. Why should I even bother? God's mad at me anyway. Why should I even? Why, what's the use? I've done too many wrong things anyway. You believe lie after lie after lie. And eventually, the wood gets chopped in half. And you're totally separated. Remember one day I was working at FedEx, uh, just throwing some boxes. Shouldn't have been doing that, but I did. Anyway, so I'm not, you know, <laughs> it's the Christmas season. So, uh, but I'm sitting there tossing people's boxes and stuff. And, and, and these thoughts start coming into my mind, bringing up like every bad thing that I could remember that I've ever done. And I'm not usually a person like that. I've done many wrong things like any person has, but I've usually been able to walk in the forgiveness of God pretty well and, and put it under the blood of Jesus. But one day I'm just sitting there and the worst overwhelming sense of guilt and shame came upon me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, you did that. You did this. And here, this is probably why all this happened because you did it. And I'm sitting and I'm just believing it and, and believing it. And next thing you know, man, I feel like I'm, I mean, the worst person on planet Earth. And I'm sitting there just feeling all the guilt and shame just piling upon me. And then I realized, wait a minute. I, I, I repented of this. I brought this to the Lord and I, I wasn't just blowing smoke. I was being serious. I really did repent for this and I quit doing it. That's repentance. That's not just confessing it. It's when you actually quit doing it. That's repentance. And so I, I, I said, I repented of this. Why is God bringing this up to me? Then I'm like, wait a minute. Lord, you said that if you would forgive me, that you would blot out my sins and you would never think of them again. And so this isn't God bringing up every wrong thing I've ever done. This is Satan bringing up every wrong thing I've ever done. God doesn't even remember it happened. If I repented, you could come up. If there's something you repented of, you could be reminiscing with God and be like, yeah, I remember the time I did this. What? No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. That was, I did this. You, you, you remember God. You see everything. He sees everything, but he also has this great ability to forget some things. And I wish that we had the ability to forget some things that we should forget. And he says, when I, when I, when I forgive, I forget. If you were serious and you meant it, he says, I'll never think of it again. And so here I am listening to Satan's lies all day long. And eventually I was like, wait, this is, this is Satan. This isn't God. God doesn't even remember that these things happen. And sure enough, I submitted to God. I resisted the devil and he fleed. Amen. And so you need to stop believing the lies because can you see how he's driven a wedge at times between you and God? He, he's gotten you to think that God's mad at you. You get mad at God. He, you, you just got this, this relationship that used to be on fire and now it's 
I mean, you, you feel so much guilt, you feel so much anger, confusion over the things of God. Why is that? It all stems from lies. It's all based on lies. And it's a shame for a child of God to believe lies about their father. Wouldn't it be awful if somebody your kids didn't even really know came up and said, hey, I want to tell you, your dad's like this. Really? And this person doesn't even know your dad. And your kids believe them? I mean, I'd be like, what? You know me better than that. What, why would you believe that? This guy over here is feeding all these lies to you. You don't even know who he is or where he came from. And, and, and you're going to believe him over me? And a lot of us do that. There's a lot of power in lies. But there's more power in the truth. And so, we got to get a hold of this. That the truth, it will set us free when we know and receive the truth. And as I've said before, we misquote that scripture, John 8, 32. Uh, well, you know, the truth will set you free. Well, no, the truth in and of itself doesn't just go around setting people free. That's when people receive the truth. Jesus said, and then you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. You got to know and receive the truth before it'll set you free. If the truth just went around setting people free all the time and, and they didn't have any choice about it whatsoever, the whole world would be free and living for Jesus. But they're not because they have not received the truth. And so... In your life, when you know the truth, you receive the truth, the truth will set you free. And the third thing we'll say tonight is this, uh, regarding Satan and his kingdom of lies, is you have to resist the devil. You have to. And you have it within you to do it. Luke chapter 10 tells us that we've been given authority over all the works of the enemy. Luke 10, 19. You've been given authority over all the works of the enemy. Well, his number one work is lies. And so he's the father of lies when he's bringing this into your life, when he's telling you, this is who you really are. Lie, man. That's against the word of God. I am not that. That's a lie. But you have to receive the truth. And so James 4, 7, here's one that you should have on speed dial. James 4, verse 7. Do we still have, we don't need speed dial anymore, do we? We don't have that. Oh, wow. Okay. I remember when caller ID came out and you were like the bee's knees. Like, whoa, I know who's calling, dude. <laughs> remember was that separate little box that you had to buy and then plug into your landline phone? Wow. Mm. Beautiful days of yesteryear. <laughs> My dad had this phone obsession where he bought new phones all the time. And so he had, he bought this phone. And at the time, we're talking mid-90s here. This was cutting edge. But your, the phone, it, it was, uh, it would say, you could, re, you could record in there, like, if it was someone that you knew, you could record who it was, like, it's the Smith family calling. And so he had, he, he programmed it to all, everybody's names when they called. And so, I mean, it was just mind-blowing that you could be in the living room watching cartoons and hear the phone ring. It's the Johnson family. Wow! What will they think of next? Then we had our dial-up internet. You had to crank it. But once you got it going, wow. Sometimes I wake up at night and that dial-up noise haunts me in my sleep. Man, it sounded like there was some kind of Al-Qaeda attack or something. James chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
Well, I did that and it didn't work. Then you didn't do it. Shut up. You didn't do it. That's a lie. Because God's not lying. And so if you're going to sit here and say, well, I did what the word said and it doesn't work, then you're a liar. Because I'm going to take God's word over your experience every day. Ten times out of ten. I don't care if it, if it seems like it did. I don't care. Whatever. But let every man be a liar and God's word truth. And so I'm telling you right now, if you're saying, well, I tried James 4, 7 and it just didn't work, then you didn't. No, you didn't really do it. And you're like, well, that sounds like a pretty harsh thing to say. Well, I would rather call you a liar than God a liar. Now, I'm sure you're a great person and you love, you know, you love Jesus and you love the truth. But I'm not going to say that God lied. Because every time that I've really done that. And the problem is, with almost everybody that I've come across is, well, listen, James 4, 7 says resist the devil and he has to flee. Hold on. It says submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll have to flee. You're living like a fool and then you're going to try to resist the devil and expect him to flee? He's going to take your lunch bag and pop it. He's going to steal your lunch, man. He's going to blow your house of cards down and call your bluff. This does not work if you're not submitted to God. you got to get this, man. You're sitting here you know, in between swigs of whiskey. <coughs> this is the devil. Devil, you get out of here in Jesus' name. And wonder why it doesn't work. Seriously, we're not being mean. We're just, and you think that that sounds far-fetched. There are people that do things like this and then say that God's word doesn't work. And then give God a bad name and they give the devil all the glory that he wants. But listen to me. It says right here, if you submit to God and you resist the devil, it doesn't say he might flee. It doesn't say there is the chance. It doesn't say it's quite possible that he might flee. It says he will flee. That is a definite thing. And so you have got to learn that you've got to be bold with the devil. But let's look at Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to look at a few things here as we close out. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 3 through 11. Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 through 11. And here's the story of what we call the temptation of Jesus. Jesus was tested. Jesus was tempted. And the word even tells us that he was tested and tempted in every way that you are. And so if there's something that you're tempted or tested with, Jesus was tempted and tested with that too. But it says he sinned not. And so Matthew chapter 4, we're going to look here at verses 3 through 11, a few verses here. And I want you to see something. Jesus gives us the example of how we are to handle an interaction with the devil. And so here we are, Matthew chapter four, verse three. Uh, Jesus had been in the wilderness fasting and praying for 40 days. He had gone 40 days with zero food. That is that's tough. 40 days with no food. And so Jesus, you got to realize, well, that was Jesus. He, He was in a human body. He was hungry. He still had to do the things that a human being does. He 40 days out in the wilderness with no food. And so at this point in time, I mean, your senses are down. Your mind could be playing tricks on you and everything else. And so the devil comes in to try to mess with them. Verse three, during that time, the devil came and said, "Um, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. That'd be a temptation. 
This is called the temptation of Jesus because these were tempting things. And it's true. Jesus could perform the miraculous. He could have turned this into a, 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 a this stone into a loaf of bread if he wanted to. And Satan comes and says, if, all right, prove it. Hey, if you are who you say you are, if you are really the son of God, then tell these stones right here to become a loaf of bread. And I want you to know something that in the previous chapter, Jesus had been baptized. And what happened when he came out of the water? The spirit descended and God the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He just heard the truth from heaven. And then he goes out into the wilderness to fast. And then Satan comes right away. If you are the son of God, he instantly to Jesus Christ himself, Satan comes and tries to bring in seeds of doubt against what God the father had said. You don't think he's going to do it to you? He had the gall to go to Jesus Christ and say, if you are the son of God, prove it. And God the Father had publicly, in front of a crowd of people, this is one of the few times where there was such an audible voice from heaven that an entire crowd heard it. He said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then Satan comes and says, prove it. If you really are the son of God, prove it. Make these stones become bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus, okay, he didn't fail test number one, but here's what happens again. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he'll order his angels to protect you and they'll hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So he says, all right, Jesus, I'm giving you another chance. Prove it. Prove that you are the son of God and jump off and let's see what happens. If you really are, I'll bet the angels would catch you anyway. Prove it. But what did Jesus do? Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. So you think, well, the devil must he'd probably give up there. I mean, no, he came back for more. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said. If you will kneel down. And worship me. Whoa. Now, we've seen before in Second Corinthians and other places that Satan is currently the God of this world. It refers to him. And this proves it right here. If he wasn't, this wouldn't have been a temptation for Jesus at all. How could Satan give him something that he didn't actually have? But Satan says, no one's around. No one's even going to know it. You kneel down in front of me right now and worship me. I'll give it all to you. What if Jesus, in that moment of weakness, what if our Lord fell for the lies? What if, for one second, Jesus bought into that and kneeled down to Satan? Game over. We would not have a perfect Savior. We would not have somebody worthy to die on a cross. We would not have somebody flawless to pay for our sins and heal our diseases. 
and bring us peace and joy and hope. That's the power of a lie. But look what happens. Verse 10. This time Jesus said, Get out of here, Satan! For the Scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. And so, what did Jesus do every time that Satan came to him with a lie, with temptation, with a test? Three times out of three, every single time, Jesus responded with the Word of God. Every single time. He's our example in all things. When Satan brings a lie to you, you say, no, absolutely not. No, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone. I would never do that. No, absolutely not. It is written that you shall not test and tempt the Lord your God. I'm not going to do it. No, no, it is written. It is written that you should only serve the Lord your God and worship him. Jesus had so much. He is the word and the word. Every time Satan came with a lie, Jesus responded with the word. Don't believe the lies. When he comes with a lie and, and you are not going to be able to do this if you're not a person of the word. How can you how can you speak the word when you don't even know what it says? You've got to get some scriptures, man. We're driving this point home every day. We're making disciples in this place. I've got 21 people signed up for discipleship right now. Every single day, every day, and some of you are in this room, you are meeting and, and hearing from your spiritual personal trainer. They're giving you a challenge. You'll get a new challenge tomorrow if you're in the program. But we're whipping people into shape to be disciples. And listen to me. You people, when Satan comes with a lie, you're going to have verses. You're going to say, you know, wait, no, that couldn't be true because God's word says this right here. Or, that has to be a lie. Because the Bible says this right here. So no, Satan, it is written that I'm not going to do that. It is written that God says this. And so to boil it all down tonight, are some of your problems and issues because you believe some lies from the devil? Maybe you really aren't who you're saying you are. Maybe you're, that's who the devil said you were. Maybe you really aren't like that. Maybe you're here and, and, and you've been doing things and saying things and believing things. But those aren't true at all. It's a lie. But you believed it. The good news is this. Is that the truth will always set you free when you believe it. When you receive it. And so, no matter how far you are into that lie. No matter how much you beat yourself down. Guess what? There's hope. Because Jesus didn't bow down to the devil on that mountain that day. He said, no, get out of here. Because I'm not going to serve you. I will serve only the Lord God. And so, let's bring it into this tonight. If you've been believing the lies, and it's been holding you back in life, it's been pushing you around, it's been telling you who and what you are, and what you can and can't have, stand up to it. Call it what it is. James 4, 7, submit yourself to God resist the devil and he will flee now he'll try to come back in through the back door he'll try to come in through the side door he'll try to come in again but guess what i'll be ready that time too it's not going to work this time and it's not going to work that time because every single time i'm going to answer with the word of god if he tried to get jesus three times in one day he'll try to get me but it is not going to work because i know what the word says that i'm going to submit to god and resist the devil and he has to flee amen don't believe the lies.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.